to be able to impact people downstream, to have their families live in abundance, enjoy. Um, man, what, there's no better gift than that. And then the gift of generational wealth building through home ownership is, is, I mean, it's the easiest way for Americans to build wealth. Welcome back to another fun episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. My name is David Donaldson, and my partner, Joseph Martin, is not with us today, but I am very excited to introduce to you Tommy Waterworth of Ruckert Real Estate Group down in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Tommy's got a rather large team and an amazing story, and I can't wait to hear all about it and share it with you guys. Tommy, how are you doing today? I'm well, David. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me to be on. I'm, uh, I'm honored. Uh, it feels feels surreal to be in uh, in a podcast environment. I listen to lots of them, so just excited to uh, to contribute and hopefully this uh, whatever I can share is helpful. Well, that's the fun thing, you know. When we started this, um, it's something I had talked to people a lot about, like do a podcast, do a podcast, get your voice out there. But it wasn't something that I wasn't doing. So when Joe and I started discussing it a little over a year ago, it was like an idea: if we're going to do a podcast, what does that look like? You know, how do we tell a story? How do we tell the stories of the associates? How do we tell stories of, of business owners, right? Because there are people that we interviewed that aren't in real estate, right? So that everybody's got a story. But what the interesting thing is, that, you know, this is now our 11th or 12th interview that we've done. There's okay. a lot of commonality amongst who it is and their successes that is not any industry specific, mm -hmm. right? So from when we talked to you, and now I saw, I was fortunate enough, I saw you present on a panel a little over a week ago down in Virginia Beach. And, you were very, very, very matter of fact and very, I don't know, good natured if I think of the word. So I thought, yeah. here's a guy I want to get to know a little bit better. And I think he's got a great story to share. So we're happy to have you. Thanks. Appreciate so it. Why don't we just back off a little bit and why don't you tell me about you? You know, Tommy, where'd you come from? Did you grow up in Richmond? How, how did you get started? No, uh, I am a Richmond native. Uh, okay. I stayed here. Um, I left Richmond initially uh, for Fort Union Military Academy after my junior year here in Richmond. I'm a Southsider uh, okay. for those in Richmond. If anybody from Richmond, <laughs> this, uh, I'm definitely I definitely came from the uh, from the other side of the tracks or the other side of the river here, as it were. Um, went to military high school my senior year, and after graduation, went to Marshall University, and then also joined uh, after 9/11 into the Army. And so I spent I spent eight years in the Army. Um, well, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And I was in the national no army, beat navy, right? Always, always for sure. Um, but had an awesome, awesome time in the in the uh, in the National Guard in the West Virginia Army National Guard. Deployed a couple times, trained cadets at West Point, served in Baghdad. Um, was really fortunate to work with folks at the tip of the spear and learned an unbelievable amount um, about leadership. Um, and, and I continue to stumble on wisdom from, you know, folks that I had engagement with while I was overseas, uh, and, and their leadership style and why they did things the way that they did. It's interesting to, to be in a leadership position now to reflect back on those times and why those great leaders did what they did over there. How did you end up in the, in military school? Was that like, was that uh, the intention to join the military was it was it sports related was it disciplinary related or was it just something that was a draw for you um i was i was man that's a that's a loaded question i'm i'm, I'm a father now and so i'm dealing with kind of the same stuff with my children uh, oh yeah and how they're engaged in a in a classroom environment i just um i didn't perform well 
in traditional high school. I was a distracted person, um, had great buds. We hung out super hard, played a lot of sports, you know, just a, a, an ambitious, excited, excitable teen, so to speak. But I did poorly. Uh, I scored poorly. I didn't test well in standardized testing, a lot of anxiety around testing. Um, so I had a friend, uh, an acquaintance who turned into a friend later. He went to Fork Union all four years of high school and had a 4.0 GPA, came back and was super successful after high school uh, in the fire department. And, and he was like, dude, you should check it out. Like, I think it's a good environment for you. So I went, had a blast, uh, made a 4.0. And then, you know, college was available to me after that. So, it, it, I mean, Fork Union Military Academy saved my life. I can't say enough good things about that place. That's awesome. Uh, so we got a familiar uh, background. I didn't go that route, but I did end up in the service myself. And honestly, uh, going just basic training in itself and AIT was just changed everything mm. for who I was. It was that 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 structure and that leadership and that kick in the ass that I really needed. No, it's a good. I mean, the military in and of itself is just um, a special environment. Um, I did not necessarily. Uh, let me not say that. As a, as a blanket statement, I did not terribly enjoy the National Guard specifically. I had some great friends and some awesome leadership mentors from the National Guard that, that I'm just so grateful for. Um, but as my experience at the tip of the spear and support of folks at the tip of the spear was just such an eye-opening time for me in my life, 05, 06, being in Baghdad and seeing what the folks at the tip of the spear do to keep our country safe was just a really cool um, eye-opening experience. And, you know, as a civilian now, I rest easy knowing that, you know, there's some tough folks out there that are willing to do, willing to do some pretty tough things to, to ensure that we have the life that we live here. I, I think you summarized it perfectly and you're right. Uh, I, I was fortunate that I didn't end up in harm's way myself. Uh, I had many friends that, that did end up going that route. Um, and I have some friends that are overseas and in Baghdad right now. Mm. Um, I think that uh, there's an uncelebrated community there. So yeah. you're right. You're right. But so coming out of that, you know, so eight years in, in the middle, now what's next? So you start to get out, you start the family. This is where, uh, so I didn't start a family until much later. Okay. Uh, I got back 05, 06. Uh, so came back in November of 2006, um, my now wife, uh, girlfriend at the time was living in Atlanta, uh, after college in Marshall, we had moved, we had moved down there together and, um, came back there, got a sales job right out of being in the military. Didn't finish my degree. Um, but was just really, uh, moved down there with some friends before I deployed, um, went down to Atlanta, got a sales job with a great trade show company uh, called E4 Design. They've since been bought by Freeman, which is a, an absolute juggernaut in the uh, in the trade show event industry world. Um, and a good friend of mine gave me an opportunity uh, as a salesperson and taught me everything he knew uh, about sales. His name's Lance Wachholz. He's, uh, he's since retired and, and into real estate now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we do some, we, we still do cool stuff together here. And then he's also doing a bunch of development in Montana. So uh, really neat guy, super interesting guy, and an unbelievable salesperson who cut his teeth selling Encyclopedia Britannica door to door. So, oh my goodness! 
I learned sales. I was a natural salesperson. My yeah. So for those those listening that have no idea what we're talking about, let, you know, door to door or Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, those were real things. They were tough too. I mean, it's yeah. everybody had them. Like if you were if you were anybody and you were distinguished and you had a set of uh, Encyclopedia Britannicas in your bookshelf, then uh, that was like the the precursor to uh, to to Google. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to hard to imagine having to use a reference book anymore, but yeah, those were those were cool things. And Lance could sell ice to an Eskimo, and he really taught me everything about his process. Um, you know, and I was a natural salesperson from the very beginning. My grandfather told me when I was a kid, like, if you're fooling yourself if you do anything other than sales. And so, uh, it was cool to cool to come to that realization. And I have a very circuitous route to get to where I am now. I and mean, we could spend we could spend an hour and a half just kind of getting us to to point to that point. But um, I stayed with that company, sold trade show exhibits, had a pretty successful little career running there. And then the market fell out from underneath of us. Um, and the first thing that people cut during that during that um, that sort of depression era was um, was their traveling budgets and their marketing budgets. Big corporations just cut wholesale. And that company had had a salary plus commission salespeople. And so when people weren't performing, they were getting cut. And I was still performing, but they were cutting other people that had families. And so I just felt like it was it was my time. I, I knew that wasn't it for me forever. And so I made an exit and I went and parked cars at the Omni Hotel in downtown Atlanta until I could figure my next move. So what? So this was during the Great Recession, like a seven oh eight. Yep. Yep. Right after the, right after the market crash, um, I went and I was parking cars at the Omni hotel, um, in in downtown Atlanta. I was riding my bike, um, from Decatur down to downtown Atlanta and parking cars. And then, you know, I I really, I promised my mother-in-law when I proposed to my wife, uh, that I would, I would finish my degree and that was sort of her term. And so I was like, all right, this is a great opportunity for me to reinvest in myself. And so I went, we came back home, came back to Richmond, got my degree from VCU and, uh, Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, of all things, uh, was yeah. sort of interest uh, of mine. So I checked that box, and out of that, um, worked for this, worked for the state for a little bit, worked for worked for VCU for a little bit, uh, all in veteran centric um, arenas, uh, and then a political shift happened here in, in Virginia. The uh, the outgoing governor uh, was replaced and then our our board that i worked for was replaced it was a military-centric board economic Development partnership uh to bring more defense assets to to the commonwealth um but that was we were another board was stood up to to do what we did and so we were we were released and at that time i got into entrepreneurship um i had a friend call that was that said you know let's do something for veterans uh to help them do like business to business IT consulting kind of stuff and build out things. Anyway, long story short on that, that company was stood up um, to support veterans and it really didn't get a bunch of traction. We had some big challenges and it went, it went down and I was the director of um, director of sales at that time. And so it was really, I felt responsible for, for the success of that company and took, took failure pretty hard when it didn't work out. Um, and I had the guy, our angel investor in that company said to me, he was like, listen, I want you to consider what failure means and look at it through a different lens and consider when you hit the ground, be a bouncing ball, right? There's a positive reaction that happens from hitting rock bottom and that's a rebound. And just remember the pain of failure and let that propel you towards your next success. 
And so through that failure, I had, I had just purchased a house here in Richmond and I bought it next to one of my childhood best friends who just happened to be my realtor. And I would see him leave at seven o'clock in the morning, sometimes earlier, and he wouldn't get home until 11 o'clock at night. And he was just absolutely burnout, tired, but he was killing it. He was doing like 50, 60 deals by himself um, with no admin. And I was like, man, what a grind that must be. Um, but I love the process of buying houses and Brad will tell you to this day, I was his toughest client. <laughs> Just, I knew, I, I didn't know what I wanted. I was indecisive. I thought I had an idea of what I wanted in real estate, but Brad just put like beautiful options in front of us and served my wife so well that at the end of that, end of that time of buying houses, I was so interested. We're talking about Brad now. So Brad, your business partner. Correct. Brad Rucker. Yep. Um, yeah, he did a, he did a great job helping us buy our house and, taught me about the wealth building opportunity that exists through home ownership. And that's where he started with this beautiful graph, uh, which is now the crux of our business. Um, so anyway, we bought our house from Brad and, and he was putting listings in and, you know, back in that time, you know, this is 2012, the market was sort of at its bottom place at that point here in Richmond, there's a ton of foreclosures on the market. But when Brad would put on listings, you know, he was just taking cell phone pictures and stuff like that. And I was like, that's not really like marketing or advertising and not nothing against Brad. Um, you know, it, the industry was different in that day. Absolutely. So I was like, I think we can put a better presentation to the marketplace. We can write better remarks. We can shoot better pictures. We can level this thing up and, you know, make a business out of it, build a team. And there was another team here in town. Um, you know, I can say the Cowell Children's Group, they're over at Long and Foster. Um, we just really thought that they were special and we wanted to build something like that here in Richmond. Uh, and Brad's the Ruckert name, his dad's still selling real estate. And he's, you know, he's in his eighties now. Um, but the Ruckert name carries weight here in town because of John's time. And then Brad had already been 12 years in at the time of our partnership. So I was like, let's mobilize this name. There's a, there's an existing stream of revenue that works here. Let's, and I just, I was just a, I was just a sponge. Like Brad was, he would say beautiful things about how to build wealth through home ownership, about a process. And I just internalized all of that stuff. And then we started writing, we wrote books on how to do this the way that the Ruckerts did or do. So when you say write books, you're talking legitimately wrote books. Uh, we, we just, we documented everything. I mean, it okay. might well be a book, but we have an intern, we have an, uh, an intranet, which has every single process, every single, um, uh, every script, every situation possible that we can, that we can look back on. It's, it's essentially a university for new agents to, to come into the business and grow and close the gap between a, a top level producer and a brand new agent. The, uh, we always know that there's a gap and we will always want to illustrate that gap to our agents and then work super hard in a 90 day period to close that gap, to make them the best that they can possibly be. So we just, we spent, you know, at that, at this point, we've got 60, 62 at the time of our start, we had 62 years of experience between Brad's dad and the lessons that he had taught Brad and Brad had been in for, for, for 12 years at that time. We just had a really great place to start from a beautiful foundation. And we were just intentional about documenting all of it and then turning it into processes and our voice for our advertising and marketing. And it's just really turned, we've hired a lot of special people to help us. It really sounds like, I mean, it, you got, I, when you find the right who, mm -hmm. right? He found the who in you, but you also found the who in him. 
Yes. Right. I mean, you, you've been fortunate. You talk about your grandfather, you talk about Lance, right? And you talk about your experiences and structure that were provided to you through the military, mm-hmm. right? Sound corporation in 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 the sales that you were in, which is highly competitive, right? And structured. And now you took a lot of those presentation skills, right, and drive. And now you talk that to a partnership in a real estate company that had done well, but you professionalized, right? You added that other layer to what's happening. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of it, (laughs) uh, we had to do that. We had to build a database. We had to do all the, all the administrative stuff and having that experience at E4 in trade shows, I saw what a database looked like. I saw what processes and procedures looked like. And I knew that if we wanted to build a company, we needed to get closer to that fire. Back then we were using ACT and Goldmine, right? And that that was, (laughs) that was the database of the time. No knock on Brad's database, but his database existed in his MLS, like people that he had yeah. services set up for, um, you know, people he had sold houses to um, before. So I just started with that. I was like, let me capture everybody that you, all their contact information. Let's reach out to them, put their addresses in. And I forget, you know, what system we were using initially, but it worked. We started, we, we didn't have to be great to start, but we started to be great from the very beginning. You know, that's awesome. We, we set out, we set out with a plan put it in motion. And then in our first year in business, I think we did 80 deals uh, between the two of us. And the challenge was he wanted me to work and get my license and sell houses too, not just be his admin. Okay. So, so when you first start working with Brad and doing his 80 houses, is that you weren't licensed? No, I was licensed. I got licensed right out of the shoot. Oh, okay. Yeah. It took me a minute. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, the, I'm not, again, I'm not the best student of the world. I'm uh, real life lessons are going to be a better, uh, way for me to learn. And so wow. I'm, yeah. look, I'm with you, you know, for me, the way that I learn, and, and it's funny, I've, I've talked to kids that are going to college and their parents today. I'm like, and my one piece of advice for them, it's like how I survived and got through is, is, was that I took my hardest courses in the summertime. Mm. Like, Cause I had to be in front of it. So when I got my real estate license, I knew that taking tests did not come easy for me either. So what I did was I put myself in through real estate school where it was like a job, right? Mm-hmm. I did it in one month's time. And as soon as I could take the test, out of that first class, I had to do it because I couldn't lose it on my month. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. We took, we, we just took those lessons right out of the box and applied them and it, and it was awesome. It, it was a great, it was a great time. It was a tough, a tough spin up uh, just the two of us, but the challenge, Brad, I'll tell you this too. We, I mean, we were at each other's throats in that season because when you have a partnership and you're both selling without admin, you know, we turned into, we turned into each other's admin and we were adversarial to each other because neither oh. wanted to play admin role. We were both just sell, salespeople that wanted to get deals done. Well, you um, were maxed out, right? We, we talk about structure, right? We talk about how, how to build a team and you guys were kind of, you partnered before you had a team. Yep. So therefore, if you don't have one, you are one. So I totally hear you. And you guys were reaching your max capacity of what, of what any one person can leverage. Yep. So we, that second year we hired our first admin and went from 80 to 100, 126 or something like that. Um, and it just, she was amazing. She learned our voice. She could finish our sentences. She anticipated everything. Um, and her DNA is woven. Her name's Claire Cherry. She's gosh, one of the greatest humans alive. I hope she hears this. I'll send it to her when it's, when it's, <laughs> we love her so much still to this day, just because she had done such a huge service to us. Um, and, and just made our whole business look like a business as opposed to just two knuckleheads. 
Slingham Real Estate in Richmond. So, but we 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 grew from there. We hired after we made a ton of bad mistakes trying to follow the model. But- How did you make that first hire? Like because look, we know the stories. We talk about career visioning and, and the processes. And, and and I'm looking through my notes here, and things that you're telling me like you've had some amazing experiences with people. It can't always be that smooth. No, right? gosh, no. It's it, it was it was up and down. It was all over the place. But we hired Claire. Um, she, her husband and I went to VCU together and graduated together in the Homeland Security program. He's a prior, he's prior service army as well. Okay. Um, and she didn't, I think she was doing some nanny gigs and really wasn't feeling like that was the professional route for her career. And so over drinks one night, I was like, we could, you're, you're the type of person we want to work with. And I introduced her to Brad and Brad was like, hard. Yes. Great. person, <laughs> unbelievable family. Her father and mother were just the sweetest people. Um, so we just, we just knew, we knew with Claire for sure. And we just did a poor job of taking care of her through that, through that process. We thought we were doing a good thing at the time, but we could have done so much better in hindsight to, to retain her. And she's got, she's got a great thing going. She's an elementary school teacher now in love and life. And I'm so happy for her. Um, But we learned so much and we learned so much through that time about how you grew. So you were growing the whole time, right? You're, You're growing. Right. And you, you had processes and documentation in place and you, you found the right who for you guys yeah. at that particular time. But at the same time, you were growing and realizing how to leverage that person. Right. Which didn't it sounds like you're saying that, hey, didn't we didn't do what we were ready to do. But that's a learning curve. We, oh, we learned, said yeah. that earlier. Right. You said what what fails you and how did, how, did, how did you bounce back? So that's just sounds like another perfect example of how you bounce back. And we we believe in that entirely. You win or you learn right? There's no such thing as losing. Um, there's challenges, but we learn from those challenges and we, and we apply the, every time we fail, we learn and we apply that. And it's like repentance, right? Like you ask God to forgive you. Um, but the other part of that is you ask him to change your heart too. And so we, we, we have to repent in our business all the time. Like, don't do that dumb thing again, you idiot, change it, make it better. So, you know, failing forward, we talk about that stuff all the time too. And we have failed for, we've hired out of need instead of being forth, you know, building a bench and, and doing all of that. Um, gone are those days and we've hired great people, like the best hires. It matters to take the time to get the best hire because you saw Lydia on the stage with us in Virginia yeah. Beach. She's remarkable and she's moved mountains and all of the different things I could say, I, I can't say enough good things about how far she's moved the needle. And then she's brought on additional people after the fact that have, have absolutely changed our lives. Um, so you're one relationship away from changing your game. And whenever you're stacked up against that ceiling and you're feeling that pain, which is where we're at now, again. Well, I'm listening to, you know, I was listening to, I think like this morning and Gary was talking about talent. And I can't think of a more important time that we're going through right now, which is a transitioning time or a shifting business, right? And identifying talent or identifying emerging talent, somebody that we already have, or finding productive talent that already exists, right? Now you've got a team, right? So you went from you and Brad and Claire, so now there's 19 of you, mm-hmm. right? What does that look like and how did that happen? Um, we've always, we never grew intentionally until now. Um, we grew as the demand grew and our ability to serve waned. Um, we've always said impactful service, exceptional results in every deal entrusted in our care. That's our, that's our, we die, we live and die with integrity. And so being able to do those two things has always been our, our chief 
our chief goal is to have impactful service and exceptional results, serve clients well so that they write us a five-star review and then refer us somebody from their sphere that could benefit from our services. I talked about, you know, this, the, the um, promise script down in Virginia mm -hmm. Beach too. Um, thank you, Keller Williams for that beautiful. Well, I, well, let's just, I mean, let's not hold back, right? So for those that weren't at Virginia Beach, share the promise script with us. Yeah, we, we promise that we're gonna deliver impactful service and exceptional results on every deal entrusted in our care. It doesn't mean that everything goes perfectly. It is a real estate transaction, which is a financial, physical, and an emotional move. Uh, and in any environment, one of those things will make people do things that they're not necessarily proud of. However, um, it should feel like our arms are around you throughout the entire transaction and that you're well communicated to and know what the next step is at every single time. And then eventually, you know, you're going to define what impactful service and exceptional results looks like. And I'm curious to know from you now what that looks like so that we can build this for you. Uh, but at the end, if we deliver on our promise, the two things that I ask of you in return is that you refer us somebody from your sphere that could benefit from our services. And then that you write us a five-star review because people trust your word. Is that fair? Absolutely. Thank you. Well, we, we, we promise to deliver on that and, uh, and we'll ask you on the back end. And if I don't receive that five-star review and referral from your sphere, um, I'm, I'm going to assume that we didn't do what we said we were going to do and live up to our promise. And so I get curious because we're obsessed with getting better. I want to know what we could have done to earn that, earn that review from you. What I love about that is that you just rolled that off and it wasn't scripted. It was internalized, right? That was you. That was real. And I can tell that that isn't just you saying something, right? That was coming from the heart and you were, you were legit with it. Totally. I say it, I and say that, it, I mean, it is scripted because I've said it a hundred thousand times. Well, the difference between scripted and, and, and internalized is the practice, is the repetition, right? We all say things and we have stories and how, but when it becomes you, it's no longer a script. Sure. And I tell that, people I mean, that, to me, that's the difference, right? I tell that to clients in listing appointments all the time. I was like, this is going to sound really scripted and rehearsed because it is, but it's important to me because this is, this is our, this is our verbal contract to you. This is our promise. This is our heart to you. Um, this is what we believe in. Uh, and it should feel different. We want these to be relationships that last a lifetime, um, not just a transactional up and down. Right. And, and the promise script is a two X strategy. And if you do it well, if your administrative staff, we have a checkbox on our on our listing uh, checklist. Did you say the promise? Uh, do they do they understand? Did they agree to it? And if they did agree to it, then our admin staff then rattle it off again as they're going through different um, landmarks through the transaction. So at the end of this, if we you can look at you can look at our reviews online. There's a there's a ton of them. And they're all five stars, every single one of them. That's awesome. And then our business, you know, thrives. I think we're 77% referral based. And that's hard, right? Because it's one thing when it's you and Brad, you and Brad and Claire, you did 80 to 120. And now with 19 and how many units did you guys do last year? Uh, we did 356 last year. And, we and you're on track for how many this year? We're going to, we're, we're shooting down for 450. We're a little behind, uh, <laughs> but you know, we've always on it next year, Q1, we're, we're going to know our numbers a little bit better next year and be a little bit tighter. Um, we're a little bit behind this year, but I'm so proud of the squad. We've got, we, we did an incentive this, this coming year for anybody who does um, a certain number. I can't remember what the number is right off the top, but we set a bar and anybody above that bar is going to the Bahamas with us in, in January. So we're going to, with a plus one because families are so 
important. And we want, we know that in real estate agents, families and admins, families sacrifice so much so that we can be as good as we are. And so we're going to reward them by taking them down to Exuma in January. That's awesome. Here, the, the second uh, team that I've kind of talked to that's kind of doing it, they work hard, play hard, but they reward and they recognize. Yeah. Right. So let's, let's kind of talk impactfulness of that. So you've set goals, you set expectations, and you've got your promise, which your team is now adhering to, which is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I was trying to bring the point back. It was you and Brad. That's one thing. But now you've got 19 people that also own that. Right. Yeah. And you're doing 500, we'll say we'll call it upwards of 500 transactions. That's the goal, right? I'd love that. I'd love that. Let's, 500 sounds great. Let's shoot for this. I, I don't want to go bold on you, right? But what would it look like if you doubled that, right? <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. And we and that used to be our jam. We used to say, you know, 2X every year. Um, it's But it's a different animal. Like Brad and I are salespeople. Like Brad will always sell real estate for the rest of his life because he absolutely loves it. It's in, It's woven into his DNA. Um, and I, and I enjoy the sale too. There's a different skill set about being a business owner. And that is the, that is the, that is the learning curve that you as real estate agents starting a business. Um, that's the hardest part. It's a quantum leap. That's why Keller Williams has such beautiful training around the models and systems, uh, because brilliant business owners did it and there's a, and, and success leaves clues. So just follow the model. Gosh, I can't tell you how, how many times I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I can't, I can't figure out what that looks like. And then when you get there, you're like, daggone it, man. I should have followed the model. They were so right. So. Well, you know, it's, I joke and everybody talks about coming up with their systems and models and tools. I'm like, my goodness, people, the book is there for a reason. Just RD it. And that's rip off and duplicate. Right. The red book is. I mean, you're talking about now for you guys who have done, I don't even know what the action number could be at this point. I was going to spit all your north of 2,000 transactions that you've done over the last 10 years. Oh, and yeah. That's probably a low ball estimate. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And the impactfulness, you use the word impactful. And I love that because it ties back to what we're talking about. But the impacts that you've had, that's generational. Like that's communal. And let's talk about it. I mean, let's talk about the community that you guys are involved with because you're impacting not just families, but you're impacting businesses. You're impacting employees and you're sharing the wealth. I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, look at where you've come from and what you're doing now. Well, thank you for saying that. And it's, you know, it's a big heart swell for me to hear that because uh, my big why, you know, in bold that we used to do that um, mountaintop exercise where you see the light at the top of the mountain as you, as you grow nearer to that light, you realize that it's yourself later down the road as an old man. And, you know, yourself gives your, your old self gives you this beautiful wisdom of what you did to get to that position. And um, I got a big why out of that exercise, which was, I want to create a company that will transcend generations and provide opportunity for deserving people after we're gone. And so, you know, just the number of people that exist in this business, just the people that directly work for us and their families. Um, my brother, my youngest brother works for us. And, um, you know, he was a, he was in education and sales, um, which, you know, is a capped environment from the very beginning. Um, but Craig came over here and we, we did this exercise. He was always complaining about, you know, his ability to earn and, and accolades and stuff like that. And I was like, but just pull up your, pull up your, pull up your, uh, your bank account there on your phone and let's just do this. And I was like, what happens if you didn't, if, if, if your company laid you off and you didn't get another paycheck, what would you lose? He would lose his house. He would lose his truck. 
wouldn't have health insurance. I was like, you've got a false sense of security. Like in, in real estate sales, you can build a business and make as much money as you want. And you can have all of those things and have job security because your business is effective when you are. And he jumped in and it absolutely changed his life. He thanks us all the time for it. And, you know, I'm not worthy of the thanks and the praise, but I just, I just gave him an opportunity and he took advantage of it. But to be able to impact people downstream, to have their families live in abundance, enjoy, um, man, what, there's no better gift than that. And then the gift of generational wealth building through home ownership is, is, I mean, it's the easiest way for Americans to build wealth. Yeah. Now, I, I, I love how you kind of express that. I want you to recognize this too, right? You were the right spot at the right time for him. Mm-hmm. And because you did care enough to have the conversation, you cared to say, this is the way, right? He was able to do it. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? And for I, couldn't, some, I couldn't do that some people, everybody. You know, yeah. I work with my brother because, you know, it, there's no hubris attached to how much money I make whatsoever but you know and at the time that i showed him that it wasn't anything it wasn't anything to speak of i look back at that now like god that was i was kind of i was kind of ballsy but um, but you did but you knew right you had the structure like yeah. you had already laid that foundational and, and you had that hockey the hockey stick growth right you guys went solid and honestly let's be real 80 units your first year as a team that's massive like yeah. that's not hey we did something good that's that's massive it's always been about working for somebody else. When we did, when we did that 126 that very next year, um, we had we had written in a big bonus for Claire, like a ten thousand dollar bonus for Claire, uh, if she handled a hundred transactions as a transaction coordinator. And we were get we knew we were getting close, and Claire probably knew, and she would have never told us and rang the bell and said, "Hey." You have- <laughs> But Brad and I were like, man, let's get it for Claire. Like we want her to be so, so happy with that. And she wanted to buy her husband a watch and she wanted to buy a Louis Vuitton purse. And, and we were like, dude, all of that, whatever we can do to get closer to that, we're going to do it. And we looked down and we were at 126 before we even knew it. And it was just the coolest celebration. I remember it was a snow day and we all partied. So we just went up to the, to the local bar in between all of our houses. We all live within a walking distance and just had the most fun night just celebrating. And we ended up going sledding later that night. It was so much. <laughs> and we just had this awesome tight community from the very beginning. And it was always fun. And it still is. It's different. It's definitely different. The bigger you get, the harder it is to make oh, yeah. culture, but it's so much fun. It still is. And the reason you're doing is still there. Right. And even that, that one, like you said, it wasn't like when you even knew that you were, it was in the rearview mirror at that point, because you were so focused on just doing right by your consumers and by Claire that the goal happened, right? And we talk about like, think of like golf, right? You say, don't aim for the hole, you aim past the hole, right? Otherwise you're going to leave it short. Totally. And that's that's what happened to you in year two. Your goal was to make that plot at 100, but before you knew it, you were at 126. Yeah. Oh, look at that. That was cake. Yeah. And it's nonstop. So what happens now? I mean, tell me some of the other things that you talk about leaving things for us, right? You're, you're going to say, hey, I want to pass this down or I want to have such an impact that the Rucker real estate team is beyond us. And it, it is when you impact that many families and that many employees. Mm-hmm. Now, what does it, that look for you guys? It reaches, you realize first in production, you realize that you reach a threshold. Like I can't do any more than this. I can't do better for my people than, than I can if I, if I were to give this where this is somebody's one thing to work buyers or there's somebody's one thing to just work sellers. Um, and so we always meet those points and it, it becomes time to change, but 
you know, for us, good is good. Money is good for the good you can do with it. It's good for building your perfect life. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be candid. I'll be the first person to say the past 10 years have been head down working towards building a successful company towards our big why. Um, and I haven't necessarily invested in myself in a spiritual bucket or even in an educational bucket or a physical bucket or any of those things. But I've watched my business partner do that because he's got 12 years of experience on me and he takes better care of himself. And so um, I'm learning to do that now and my life is so much better and I'm, I have more capacity and my why is changing towards taking care of others around us, things that matter to us um, and looking at a philanthropic environment. So that's where we're at right now. Um, we've committed, we're big sports guys too. Um, so we're, we're donors at VCU. We believe in the men's basketball program and the relationship that we fostered with people there. One of our agents is a former VCU basketball player too. So we've got some really great connections there. We believe in that program and what it does for the city of Richmond. Um, and then there's a bunch of other stuff too, that we do as well. Um, Leukemia Lymphoma Society is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, just charities that matter to us that that are super important the lady josephine foundation um a bunch of uh, really a bunch of different stuff but we're, we're sort of honing in on what matters most to us and what what is paralleled to our community and how we can make the best impact for for folks that we care about well that's, an, that's incredible and, and tommy as we wrap up here and i really really appreciate your time and your candor um, and I look forward to having you again because I think you responded when we started to begin how much time that we have. We obviously can keep this going, but you know, there's going to have to be a part due to this. I think I'm in, um, I'm in for it. I'm in for it. The I, story that we have is super fun. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about the people here and about, and about really about Keller Williams too. And Keller Williams has been such a beautiful, I'd be remiss not to, not to give credit where credit's due. Like Gary Keller's influence in our life and the beautiful company he's built has just absolutely given us a beautiful place to grow this business um, and to point our people back to the mothership all the time to refocus them on what matters. Um, Keller is such a great company. Oh, well, that, we'll leave it on that note because I happen to agree with you. <laughs> and for those that are just starting in the business or are starting with us anew, the great thing about it is there's never too late. Mm -mm. Never too late. Just start. Yep. Not be just great start, start, just do. Start, be great. Listen, Tommy, once again, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we'll catch you real soon. Awesome, friend. Let me know. Happy Take to care. be here. Cheers. Bye-bye.